give me a vision of running a youth cafe, um, which was exciting at the time, but it wasn't the right time at that point. The cafe, um, two years ago, was it? Yeah, well, right about. Um, and um, I started with London City Mission um, pretty much a year later. Um, kind of enabled me to actually think about it logistically, like actually, hmm, this might be a good idea to start now. Um, so I had a meeting with a, a guy from GYFC, his name's Joy, um, about uh, getting our youth involved in the Illuminate tour and if I wanted to help out with it, which was like a big concept back in December. Um, and uh, from that conversation, from that meeting we had, we decided that as a follow-up, we would open a youth cafe and that he would partner with us to make that happen. And I was just like praising the Lord because it just happened all at the right time. Um, so we opened in November um, and at first we was just getting one um, person from the community. We had a few of our youth um, coming as well, but Regularly, it was just one person turning up constantly. Um, and I was like, okay, Lord, is this something you want to do? Is this something that is going to progress? And surely enough, um, over time, um, more and more people started coming. Now we have about 27 registered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, young people registered to the youth cafe. They don't all turn up at the same time. There's about 11, 12 of them that come um, regularly, um, which is amazing. Um, and they just keep inviting their friends. So, like, literally, we haven't advertised much. We've just put posters up in shops. Um, and um, I've just advertised it through mini maestros and through toddler groups and um, through um, the events that I help run with John and through uh, the, the holidays. Um, and literally just through that, it's just grown um, beyond measure. So, yeah, so I'm really thankful for that. Um, but, yeah, the cafe has enabled us to actually open the youth cafe because it's actually enabled us to have a space of where the youth can come, and it's actually a nice place where they can come relax. Um, it's a really calm environment, so it just brings... Um, just the word peace to the young people. It gives, it provides a place that they can come um, out of their chaos. So a lot, sorry, a lot of the uh, young people that come just come because they want to get away from their home environments because they've got a lot of younger siblings or um, just because they come from from a, a kind of like a rough area or rough upbringing. Um, but yeah, they just want to kind of like use our, our space as escape. Um, a lot of them as well have actually started coming to a our youth. Um, oh, there's a nice little picture. Um, our youth on a Saturday as well. Um, I've actually got a picture on here with all of our youth, and if you can show the big table and some the majority of the youth cafe that come as well. There was about 18, 19 people at youth that one night. Yeah, um, they were all eating pizza. Um, but yeah, just kind of just this picture just makes me feel so blessed because actually I heard God and um, it was it was amazing because I didn't uh, like I, sometimes I, I doubt myself was that God or was that me or what? But actually seeing this picture really reminds me that um, it was God and actually He's blessed it so much um, through through what we've done and through the cafe, through the church. Um, so yeah, so. Um, I've actually got a few, I've got 25 names in this little bowl. And I was wondering if 25 people in this room could volunteer to pray um, for one name in this, each in, in this bowl. Um, so if 25 people can put their hands up for me. Thank you. Oh, my days. <laughs> um, and if Ben, yeah, yeah, yeah. If Ben Watson, can you come? Thank you. It's my little helper. Oh. If you can just pass that around. Can people just put their hands up for him, please? And then that will be, that'll be really good. Um, so yeah, if you can just commit to just praying for one of these people. And um, this is our youth as well. So it's not just Youth Cafe. But um, if you can just commit to praying for one of these members of youth. 
for all eternity, I guess, just forever. I don't mind. Um, just pray how you, how you think to pray. Um, if you've got any questions about this particular person you have, just come towards me, Timo, Mary, um, or Peter. And um, we will be able to tell you more about that person. Um, yeah, um, as well, I just wanted to talk about Mini Maestros a little bit as well. So um, through Mini Maestros, um, being able to help and support Hannah with that, I've been talking to parents. Um, so I don't sing or, you know, dance or anything like that. But um, I talk and mingle with the parents as they're sitting down or in the cafe. Um, and it was actually through uh, a toddler group, which happens on a Tuesday, um, that Youth Cafe kind of gained more people, I guess. So I bumped into two parents in particular, and they um, invited all their children. I invited all of their children, because there was one mum with seven kids, another with five. Um, so I was like, come to Youth Cafe. Um, and through that, I've been able to build a relationship with one of the mums that I've just said, but, um, and, and she comes now to Mini Maestro's regularly um, with her little girl. And um, yeah, just kind of after Mini Maestro's, we have like a bit of a Bible study and just in the cafe part um, for about an hour. Um, last week, she had me writing a letter to the MP. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of just amazing how that's how it all kind of happened. And um, we now have a Bible study on a Saturday as well from the youth cafe with, the, uh, with this woman as well and, and her children. Um, and hopefully that will progress. Um, and turn into a missional community one day soon, hopefully. Um, so yeah, so just all amazing things. Um, there's another woman who's a childminder. Um, her name's Jasmine, if you just want to pray for her as well. Um, I met her last Monday for a Chinese. Um, and she comes with her, uh, the little girl that she, she looks after. Um, too many maestros and she absolutely loves it. But um, So yeah, just being able to just be a part of just the community work that the cafe, um, that happens in the church because of the cafe has just been amazing because the opportunities to be able to meet new people, the opportunities to be able to share God and share my faith and to be able to just show love to these people has just been amazing. Um, so I don't know if Mary wants to say anything about Youth Cafe, but um, yeah, it's the ball finished by any chance, Ben. Whoop, whoop. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, um, morning everyone. I can't remember when Becky made the announcement for help to come to the youth cafe. I sat at the back there, Peter sat there, Becky made the announcement and independently we both really felt to come and support this event. I've never worked with young people. I'm actually quite scared of them. Give me toddlers any day. And it really isn't my remit. But anyway, we went home, said to Becky, and um, said to Becky, yes, we'd like to come and support you. So we both went home, and we sat, and we earnestly sought the Lord about this, because hands up those who, before I, hands up those who took a name. Now, when you took that name, it is, it's about journeying with them. And I tell you, what a privilege it is to come and, in a way, wash their feet. These people off the streets, and not any of them know the Lord. And I'm not, it's not a sob story, it's life. It's real life for what it is. Taking those names, dare I say, is not a joke. You know, it's journeying with them every step of the way. So, yeah, going back to. Sorry, I had, and that's my testimony. That's where we've come from, Pete and I've come from, where we're walking with these young people. And we don't know, but God knows. And we haven't even seen the half of it. And like Becky said, you know, they're just bringing their friends. What, for the fun of it? I don't think so. I mean, on Tuesday, just gone, it was just buzzing with life. And I you know, the thing that keeps coming to me is washing their feet. You know, like the Lord Jesus washed his disciples' feet, just like these teenagers, washing their feet. What does that really mean? And I said, so we talk, Pete and I, we go home and we pray. The house group, we, we relay back to our house group as to what went on and 
you know, they've been committed in prayer as I've committed in, to, in prayer. And all I can say is, it is, it is but by prayer. And it is. I mean, for me, again, I can't emphasize this point enough. It is about just journeying with these names that you've picked out of the hat in prayer. Once you start praying, the journey's just begun. And we can't just say, thank you, Lord, da da da, da put it down. You know, I think somewhere along the line, we're going to need to give them sort of regular follow-up. Because obviously, they anyway, jump in it. Thank you. Hannah, do you want to um, come talk about mini maestros? <laughs> uh, good morning, everyone. Um, so uh, when the cafe opens, um, obviously the, the people who are around in the, in the cafe during the day are, are mums with small children um, because they're obviously not at work and they're looking for something to do with their, their small child. And, uh, and so I was asked, um, oh, Hannah, you're, you're around during the day. Would you mind doing some singing for some toddlers? And I said, no, I hate toddlers. Give me year six any day. Um, I was like, toddlers are really boring. Um, so reluctantly, Emma, it was Emma. Emma said, um, Hannah, you're good at singing and you're good with children, so why don't you know, just get on with it and you know, serve? Um, so I'm all right, humbled. Um, so I started with uh, Matteo in the corner, in the children's corner. Um, so it was just me singing to one baby, and uh, as soon as Matteo grew big enough to walk away, then it was just me singing on my own. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but, but it grew, um, and, uh, and it grew, and it grew, and we moved, and so now we're uh, not in the kids' corner anymore. We open up the back space, and we put out toys, and there's a stay and play, and, uh, and I do some singing, um, and I read a story, and we do some craft with the children. Um, and I have two sessions. Um, I do two sessions on a Wednesday because there were too many people. It was a bit of a safety hazard. Uh, at one point, I thought some babies were going to get squashed because there were so many people here. So we split into two sessions. Um, and it's, it's huge. Like, there are a, a lot of people who come every week. Um, and, uh, and from that, we start to build relationships. Um, so some of the really exciting relationships that we've built, there's a, a lady who comes... Um, with her parents and her little boy, um, and she's a professional musician, and so Angela and I went to see her in her show, um, and she was really touched, that, you know, she, she felt, um, she was like, oh, I feel like I'm, you know, not just a customer in the cafe, like, you're not just um, the people who bring me my coffee, like, you're my friends, and we, you care about me, you care about me enough to pay to come and see my show, and come out on a Thursday evening and travel into central London um, and then we went for a drink with her afterwards um, and, and that was really nice and it, it was a real friendship and, and, uh, and then we went to see her husband in his show because her husband is also um, a, a professional musician and that was really exciting as well. We didn't stay for a drink with him afterwards, we just went home. Um, but that family are, are, are really key in the community and they come to the cafe all the time and we really feel like we've built a really good friendship with them. Um, so that's really encouraging and, uh, and really, really wonderful. Um, uh, other key friendships that we've built, uh, one of the other events that happens in the church now um, is that a lot of foster carers uh, now come and use the building um, because uh, um, uh, the social workers were using uh, Charlton House. And one of the social workers mentioned to me one day, they said, uh, oh, it's really expensive here. You'd never, you would not imagine how much we pay through the nose to use Charlton House. And I said, well, I know a place that you can use and I'm sure it'll be much better value and you can get a good lunch at the same time. Um, and so now the, the social workers hire out the back, uh, the back room. Um, so all of the foster carers come and have their support groups here. Um, and so they come and use the cafe as well. And uh, lots of carers have uh, small children. Um, and it's quite like some of these children have uh, like a lot of baggage and a lot of issues. They're not always the most well-behaved. Um, they can be quite difficult and quite challenging. Um, but they come to Mini Maestros um, because they know me and they know that I'm not going to judge and I'm not going to, like I understand the situation that they're in and I'm not going to make any awkward comments. Um, and so now we've got quite a few carers who bring their toddlers um, and who come and enjoy it and who get together and, and they feel included and welcome as part of the community, which is really, really important because I wasn't quite sure how I was going to reach these carers because they're all quite a lot older than me. Um, like I don't have a toddler, so I can't, you know, I can't really connect with them. I, I'm not sure I even like toddlers that much, you know. 
Um, but now I can connect with them. I've got a space where they can come and uh, I can meet them every week. Um, and that's really wonderful. And, uh, uh, and it, yeah, and it's really great. Um, and I was also talking to Mark the other day about how um, when we lived in Oxford, Oxford is a really small town, and, uh, and I used to walk down the high street, and, and I could stop two or three times and chat to people that I knew. I would meet people all the time that I knew. And when we moved to London, that was one of the things that I felt like I was really going to miss. I was really going to miss feeling like I was in, in a community. And obviously, when you move to a new place and you find a church, you, you feel like you have friends um, because you have your church family and your church community, and that's, really, that's a really wonderful thing. We're really blessed in that. Um, but uh, the other day I met, uh, I was walking down Elsom High Street and I met one of the mums from Mini Maestros and we stopped and we chatted um, and it was really nice and I see her in the library and I see her in, when it's swimming lessons and we chat all the time um, and I like invite her to stuff um, and we get together for coffee sometimes because we're both there in the library waiting for the swimming lesson to finish and um, and that's really wonderful because uh, it hasn't taken very long, uh, even in this massive city that we're in, for me to feel like I'm in a community again, like I'm in that community where I can walk down the street and I can see people that I know and I can chat to them and have that relationship with them. Um, and the final thing that has come out of Mini Maestros is that um, uh, I've invited quite a lot of the mums there to my book club. Um, it's a, a book club just in my house and you just bring a book that you have enjoyed reading and then swap it so that you go away with a, um, a new book. Um, and none of them have been yet, but that's uh, the next step. Like, they've all been interested and I, so I've got their numbers so I'm able to message them um, and, uh, and just connect with them. Oh, and uh, uh, another family, I invited the, the children in Mini Maestros to come to the um, Christmas thing that we organized, the Christmas um, nativity. Uh, and one family came in entirety, and the child was an angel, and she loved it. Um, and I just felt like that was like that was like mission basics. Like you get to know someone, you remember their name, you remember their child's name, you invite them to something, they come, you preach the gospel, like job done, right? Like the rest is in God's hands. Um, and so from those, yeah, I've been going on and on because there's just so much that's come out of that one toddler group, um, and it's really wonderful. And I really encourage you if you've got a toddler, if you're a grandparent and you've got a toddler, or your parents and you've got a toddler, or you, even if you don't have a toddler like Becky, like you should just come along and get involved, because it's brilliant. Amen. Um, Joe, we're going to move to Freds of Grace. Um, yeah, we've been really blessed in Threads of Grace because we sort of started up in my house when Carmen Manning was here because she's very creative and Sally and Pam and me and a few others from the church got together and, and the whole idea was when we were talking and praying, Carmen was unraveling this big um, tangled wool and, it, and we just thought that's the way the Lord brings us to a safe space and then he untangles our lives really and, that's, and there's that thread of the golden thread which is I suppose the Holy Spirit drawing you. Um, and trying to get, sift the wheat from the chaff, if you like, and so that you can discover God in your life, really, because it's in him we live and move and have our being. So that started two and a half years ago, and then when the CAF opened, we thought, well, great, we'll move to the CAF, and we've been meeting every other week, really, haven't we, more or less? And, um, and it's been brilliant, actually, and Doreen's been, a, so, so many people have been such a blessing. Some people come... I'm looking at all the faces of people that have dropped in, Diane, Daphne, and Doreen. And, uh, but the mission, of, I mean, I want to thank the staff, you know, Louisa, who makes sure we've got a room and make sure we've got tables out the back because we do sewing now as well. So I, I pay my sew, old sewing teacher to come and teach us to use sewing machines and make patterns and mend things, uh, which is brilliant. And some of the people I've taught Pilates to who aren't churchgoers, but they come to that. And then a few people from other churches have come and join. So we've now got two strands. We've got the knitters who also do crochet with Sylvie, who uses them um, on a Wednesday, uses the calf as a space. And um, so the Lord's really doing lovely things. And it, I mean, I could speak for ages. You know, Proverbs talks about the, um, you know, the wife of noble character who makes garments out of linen and, you know, she gets, you know, she's a family are clothed in purple and, you know, she makes coverings for her bed. So I think it's really, you know, there's so much mental. Um, uh, people are struggling, aren't they? You know, life's so busy. It's just lovely to be able to do something creative. And there's, in the Bible, Bezalel was, it was a gift from God to be able to use. And we often say, you know, 
Lord bless the work of our hands. Uh, but if it wasn't for the nice coffee and everyone setting up, Haley and Marguerite and Louise, you know, make things run. And Angela and Tano got everything going and everybody else who's been involved, you know, we just walk, we breeze in and out. We do have to put up our own tables, mind you, in the back hall. But, um, but it's fine, everyone works together. Petra, who um, I know through Pilates, teaching her Pilates, she brings the iron, you know, and it's, it's lovely. And um, can I just get the songs of the 60s? Fun Friday, I call it. So when we're not in Threads of Grace, we have songs of the 60s, which Jim had the little idea for that. Alan, and I think you need to take over now, because there's one lovely lady who's the wife of um, John, who Alan can tell you about. So Songs of the Sixties is the, um, the older version of Mini Maestros, if you like. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but we do have toddlers in Songs of the Sixties as well. And, um, you know, we, we've had... We're a bit bold in Songs of the Sixties, haven't we? I'll get um, John and Alan to share about that. But we, we were a bit bold in um, Songs of the Sixties. We thought we'd start bringing in a few Bible verses. And lots of the songs that John chews. He spends loads of time researching all these songs from decades back. People, you know, say what song they'd like him to sing, and he looks on YouTube, and Alan and um, John's other friend, John, and another guy, Tom, they'll, you know, spend a lot of time getting the overheads, preparing everything, practicing, asking quiz questions of people. No, but well, they practice when they get here. They're, they're so talented, they, they can wing it a little bit. But um, that's from being old and having years of experience <laughs> of entertaining crowds. But it's just lovely the way the Lord's used it. I remember meeting with Debbie and Jim and um, around Jim's house, and he wanted to use music. You know, we were talking last night, or where was I? Somewhere where they were talking about how young people relate to music and visual things. Well, old people do as well, cause, and we thought it can trigger memories and... And it's just, you know, I've retired from being a physio now, but I can use stuff when I've worked at Morden College. Oh, we even do a little bit of um, musical movement as well. John <laughs> started to do, if people want to, they can kick their legs and move their arms around and get a bit of exercise as well. So, you know, but it was, I think, when we... I said a little proclamation, didn't I? A Bible verse. And some of the songs are about worrying. And you just think, oh, there's a trigger here. And Alan then launched in about Jane's book, and it just, I think, John started it by breaking the ice and getting, saying, this isn't a performance, it's interactive, we want you to join in with us, and, um, and just set the scene, and there was maybe a dozen people, you know, maybe there's a couple of, you know, the crowds of people come regularly, don't they, they really enjoy coming, my neighbor comes, who wouldn't, oh, he did come to church, actually, but, yeah, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, take over, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so John, um, Alan then mentioned this guy, um, John. I don't know how he got... Tano's asked him to come. He's very disabled, but somehow he touched a chord with Alan when he was sharing about Jane. And then you invited him to your sharing group, didn't you, your life group. And he's been coming regularly, hasn't he, to Guy's um, life group. And it's sort of almost opened the floodgates, and God's really been moving. And then his wife, Lynn, comes. I wish I had a basket, actually, to get you to pray for all the names of the people that come. Uh, you know, and Jim's shared a challenge. So it's knowing we need to gird it in prayer, don't we, and underpin it in prayer, because there's, it's such an opportunity. And we don't want it to just to be a social club. We want the Lord to touch people's hearts. And that's the challenge, I think. And, um, and in Threads of Grace as well, we always used to meet to pray, and we always used to share a little Bible verse. But since we've been split in... We've sort of, yeah, we need help <laughs> for the Lord to touch people and challenge them, really. And um, so they're not just coming for physical, you know, so they get the spiritual nourishment as well and a challenge to believe in Jesus. But it's just been a natural way of sharing. Come on. <laughs> We're just, they've done 180 songs, haven't you? 18 sessions, 10 songs each time. Anyone's welcome, 11 till 12 on a, every other Friday. And if it's not Songs of the Sixty, it's Threads of Grace. Some people come to sort out their phones and have a chat. You don't have to do anything particularly creative. We did. We started off with the Twiddle Muffs project, didn't we, with Threads of Grace, which was great. There's these. Sally found a pattern uh, for these like tri um, rectangular things that you attach buttons on, and Teresa even did a nice little um, 
you got us doing button pictures once, didn't you, at Debbie's house? Um, and then, say, Doreen's been a quite amazing teaching. Well, Anna Joy's been as well, hasn't she? So it's, you know, we just need to use our hands. It's very therapeutic. And, you know, and you, you just get satisfaction out of making something, don't you, I think, or teaching someone else to make something. And, um, and it's lovely. And I think, well, they've come here. This is our church. So I think um, we've almost earned the right to preach the gospel, you know, <laughs> even if it's a bit veiled, you know, um, sock it to them. And Alan's great at that, aren't you? Do you want to share anything or? Go on. Could tell us about the, your group. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, I'm just blown away by the kindness of God, the love of God, and I'd like to thank all those who've worked so hard to set the cafe up and be faithful to God's vision over the years to reach out into the community in a new and powerful way. And I do believe that what we've prayed for for basically a decade, what Jane started praying for when she came to faith in 2011, is happening now. And no outpouring comes from nowhere. And I particularly thank my precious friend Guy because there's been decades of prayer behind this renegade. And not decades from, from Guy, but years of prayer from Guy. And trust me, I need it. Um, and you know, nothing happens in church without the love of God. And how do, we, how do our hearts soften in a way that makes the love that we have for others genuine and not a desire to impress someone or something. The only answer is the Lord himself. I have some names written down so that I don't forget them. People who know me well will know I'm not a planner. I'd like to say a number of things. I'll try and say them quite quickly. So many people have been involved with what's happening in the church from my angle, and I'm a bit part player a prayer, Lord move. Now, here we go. I remember years ago when we started, when John started explaining God's vision, talking about the community, and I thought, whoa, this is fantastic, but I'm a commuter. I work in London. I don't really know anybody in the, commuter, in the, in, in the town. I mean, um, I, I work at the... Well, not in the old Bailey, but I look out the window and see it. I work in legal London. I thought, I don't know these people. And here's one precious friend who's just come in. And, and um, I said, Lord, Eltham, I know I live here, but I don't see anyone. I'm at work all the time. And when I get home, I'm tired. The Lord heard that prayer. It's remarkable what happened. Now, those of you who know my, who knew my Jane when she was alive will know. Lord, that the Lord came and he moved in her life and brought her to faith. And when she was really in need and we thought she was dying. Now, Jane was so ill for a number of years that I gave up work on a Friday in order to be able to take her out shopping and pampering to the, the nail salon in Eltham and things like this that I couldn't do for her. <coughs> and uh, so Fridays were for Jane. When my Jane went to be with the Lord in glory, hallelujah, in 2016, her precious father, my father-in-law Peter, lovely, lovely man, started to become really ill, and he ended up in Morden College. Watch how God joins the dots. It's nothing that we do or anticipate or foretell. It's God. He went to be in Morden College. I would go along and gently, when I could, talk about Jesus and faith and so on. And this was on a Friday. The Lord, I pray, took him to be with him on um, uh uh, last, last year, and uh, very soon after, within days or weeks, it dawned on me what John and Joe 
and Jim were doing with the music. And the Lord in his grace got me involved with the music. We must get John up to talk about the music in a second. Just so much to talk about here. But it's just the kindness of God. I came in as a bit part player as John's friend. Now, when my wife Jane died, I was clearly, I was devastated. I was in such bad depression. You didn't want to be around me because I'd probably have snapped. But John is ace. He's just such a good friend. Jane and I had tried so hard to go to Israel. She wanted to, well, not walk. She couldn't walk. She was in a wheelchair. But she wanted to walk metaphorically in Jesus' steps. We managed to walk in Paul's steps, but they were all bombing one another, so we didn't make it. But here I got the chance to go to Israel, and John said, I'll come with you. So we went. We had a whale of a time. I think the bunch of Christians on the coach were shocked at us because we were like two youngsters, probably more suited to many maestros. <coughs> anyway, we had a great time and just praised the Lord the whole time and went to all the sites. And my, was I, was I moved by, by Gethsemane and Galilee and so on. But that's John. He's precious to me. John leads six songs of the 60s. He's a 60s music buff. He's a, like a pro musician, at least semi-pro. Plays everywhere. He knows all the songs inside out. I just come along to enjoy myself. And here I've made loads of friends there. Here's one. And um, well, I've met you before. But like John, we're talking about my friend who's in a wheelchair who comes to my house on a Tuesday now. There's loads in the house. If I, I, we're going to need a bigger house, actually, because um, there's loads coming now, and there's so many of them here today, so I can't really mention them all. Here's one that's very important. Sorry? Yeah, Elton's coming. I said to Elton today from Brazil, I said, well, we could do with Elton John because we need some class and quality in the music because um, it's only me and my ukulele, and I'm, you know, I'm not even George Formby. But we, what we do, we have all ages, and we have a lot of people that are, are older, like your lovely mom, Patricia, who I call Patsy because she likes Patsy Klein, so we'll be listening to Crazy One Minute, then we'll have her singing Amazing Grace, then we'll get the ukulele out and sing all the verses, then Guy will speak or I'll speak, and we'll just go with the gospel. And we don't try to fudge it or make it uh, soft selling. I mean, I'm from born, born in Glasgow at least. I don't know how to do euphemism. It's not my style. As, as those who know me will know. So we just, and then, we, then we're into prayer and we're into prayer and we just love people. And there's so many there that are sick. I mean, I hate to say it, but including myself now and my friend Sean, we've all been sick and badly sick. So we all need prayer and we all ask for prayer, including myself. And you know, we got with us the man, the man who paid for me and I was healed of a serious illness. My friend Guy, who's a doctor, blow me down. You couldn't make it up. It's fantastic. And uh, so we want prayer. We'll say, Guy, let's, uh, and Guy says, let's break into small groups. What a man. We're, 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 we're really there. The Lord is leading it. It's like, here's the mystery. How do you make a social gathering, which includes Christians and people who are coming from outside the church who don't actually come, how do you make that work? Well, you can't. Who knows? I have no idea. But the Lord knows. The Lord knows. So... We just do what he says and it works. And I just want to praise the Lord. I want to mention a friend who Alan reminded me about a minute ago. And this gives you how God moves. And this is really important. I've got to do this before my friends John and Joe go off to their son's birthday up in London. Now, a couple of years, was it last year? Last year, last July. Some of you will remember a kid of 27 from uh, Afghanistan called Wahid. Now, this story, I'll, I'll, I'll not say anything private, but I can say enough, I believe, so to give you an idea. This kid had really suffered in his life. And the circumstances of his coming over from Afghanistan were not good. And basically, he grew up parentless, um, you know, and the expectation was that he would fund a better life for them by working here. The kids had problems and hardly a surprise. And uh, one day, my, fr my friend Wahid turned up in a church up in London with another, uh, and met, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, anyway, he came under the wing of someone else who's a dear friend now called Dominic, who John, I'll, I'll, make it, I'll clear, explain it. This Dominic basically mentored lovely Wahid and showed him the love of God. 
Now, when Wahid was moved to Eltham, primary on, on Dominic's mind was we have to get him rooted into a local church because Dominic's church was all souls. Lovely church, isn't God good? So, Dominic, who's a barrister, came all the way, he's a lovely Christian first and a barrister second or third or fourth. And he, he came out, follows Jesus, that's his motivation. We, sat, we went to the tribunal to, to uh, argue for Wahid to have the freedom to stay in the country and have a free life in the Lord here. Blow me down, the barristers were all preaching the gospel by the end because his whole case was based on trusting in Jesus. I couldn't believe it. And I studied law myself. I couldn't believe it. It was a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, when Dominic came out to Eltham, and I'll, I'll try to keep it short, when he came out to Eltham to, to, to meet up with his friend Wahid, uh, to comfort him and to give friendship, and he wanted to get him rooted in the church, he went to three. The first two, the doors were closed. The third, the doors were open. And why were the doors open? Because John had been faithful to his vision and started this cafe. And he was there and for about a year befriended Wahid and would sit and teach him Bible verses and scripture and give him the rudiments of his faith or at least make them firmer and not let anything go flaky and fall because he'd been taught in all souls. The, boys, the boy trusts in Jesus. Isn't it wonderful? He's seen such suffering, such pain, but now he trusts in Jesus. He said in the tribunal, I just trust in Jesus. Everything that I said, Dominic said, and Wahid himself said in court was, in, was praising the Lord. Even, you know, other people who were there were saying, well, I don't know about Jesus, but I'm sure if I met him, I'd love him just as much as you do. And Dominic and I said, oh, Lord, if only, if only the dear soul knew that you were here now. So that's our prayer there. I won't give her name because that wouldn't be fair. But, you know. This friend's a barrister, so he knows the score. This is probably what he does all the time. I was there as a layman. I was just there for Jesus. But isn't God amazing? Isn't God amazing? So now pray for the boy, Wahid, because he's been sent now to live in Enfield. So we want to get him rooted into a church. You can't make this up. On the day that he was moved, without much warning at all, I have a precious friend, Alan, here who basically became my friend in order to comfort me through bereavement. You couldn't find two people more different. I mean, I'm a rock and roller, and he's more a choir boy. But blow me down. Um, um, we get on like a house on fire. And aren't we a house on fire? Praise the Lord. And uh, the day that the boy was moved, nobody phoned me, but Alan phoned Wahid to check if he was all right and found out about it. Then Alan told me, this is how God moves. He joins the dots. And I phoned Dominic. I said, Dominic, we've got to get him plugged into a church. So Alan and I are going to visit him when Alan gets back from Greece and I get back from Scotland. I'm away next week. He'll get a break from me for a week. We're going to visit Wahid and possibly meet up with Dominic and we'll just pray and get the, the boy, the lovely, lovely boy. He'd never been to a museum or anything, but he went out for me with a day and ended up in the Dinosaur Museum and then went to the Royal Albert Hall that John had got tickets for. You can't make it up. Our God's amazing. Trust in him and never underestimate what God can do with a cup of tea and a biscuit. Amen. Oh. That was really good. I enjoyed that. Um, well, who's going to follow that? Tamola, do you want to come? Yeah, yeah. When, while Tamola makes her way, you can. All right, just a quick one. <coughs> come, come up. <coughs> Bit of an hard one to follow, isn't it? That one. <laughs> well, what it was, was like the first come here in and. Oh, bless her, look. What it is, um, the first time I met Helen was actually in the calf, wasn't it? Do you remember? You come in with um, your friend over there. And. Uh, so we built a relationship, haven't we? And um, so basically, this story is about a carpet. It's all about a carpet. It literally fell down from heaven, didn't it? And do you remember, Tony? We went to Eltham, didn't we? Do you remember? It's all, all it's, Alan says all the dots are joining together. Come come up here, Alan. 
And it's just, it's just funny how you walked in, Tony, Tony walked in, it's just like the Lord's not just tell the story. So I'm not, I'm not the best person on the mic. Like, Alan's a natural, isn't he? Just wanders about, it's funny. But what it was, I just, the Lord was, you know, had wanted uh, some work done around hers and, you know, it took me a while to do it, but the Lord just kept nagging, just, just come, come and show him, just sort of get it done. And, <clears throat> and um, so we ended up sort of getting it done, but in, 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 she was ripped the old carpet up and yeah. I just, I was, I, it. Yeah. Um, Sean mentioned I needed a carpet and I didn't have no money for a carpet so I sort of prayed oh, how, am I, how earth am I going to get a carpet and you know I'm going to have to save um, I'm going to have to save for a carpet and all of a sudden he brings a carpet home well, now what it was it wasn't me it was God that done it but I speak to Daniel and I said to Daniel um, there's a few people that know this story but I just thought I really wanted to share it and and I said to, like, dang, uh, maybe we could, if you ever chip in a cut of Bob each and just get a carpet or whatever. And, and then me and Bones went up to get our hair cut, didn't we? Do you remember? And, uh, <laughs> and then, we, then we was at the top of the high street. <laughs> we was at the top of the high street. And the funny thing is, um, I parked at the bottom at first. And uh, you remember now, time? And I uh, parked at the bottom near McDonald's and I thought well, it was a bit far for me and Toad to walk up to the uh, arcade. So we drove up and I parked outside uh, it's where the noodle bar is, that road. Was it Elm Terrace, I think? I, I, so I parked up and Tony went in to get a haircut <clears throat> and I just sort of went down the high street and sort of buzzing about and then I come back. Tony was sort of getting his haircut and having like, a beard trim, making himself look prettier. And then... And then I've gone out to top the car up again with the um, the ticket, kept running out. And then I went back in and then I went, come back out. And I could not believe it. There was a big, lock, big carpet. Because I didn't realise I'd parked outside a carpet shop. I didn't, I didn't realise. And, uh, and he said, free on it. He said, free. And I could not believe it. I just, I knew straight. No, it was 200 pound. And then it went, went down to 120, and then it said free. And in big, big red letters. And uh, I just, I just, yeah, that's after. <laughs> I will mention that. But then, that's all right. And then I just knew straight away from God. So I just, I managed to sort of get it in this little small car that God's given me <clears throat> back in January. And, uh, but the boot was up. The boot was like that. And I thought, I can't drive down. So I took a shoelace off and sort of tied up and <laughs> managed to get it down. Just somehow to get it there. Because I didn't want no one else to take it. So, and then uh, so we, so we dropped that off. And then I'd done a job a week later up in Chelsea. And uh, there was a load of floor layers, a load, a load of carpet. And there was loads of underlay left over. Like, it's 40, 50 quid for underlay. So it was another 50 quid saved. So I just chucked a load of that in the car and... In the work van I went with, and I took it around to this morning, Helen. But while I've been around there, I've built a relationship with John, as you, Hannah, and James, your boy, your daughters, and, and, and Martin, and Martin's sister's over there. So uh, it's just been a good little journey, hasn't it? But we all met, we met in the cafe anyway, didn't we? Eh? We did. Anyway, that's it. Okay, Demona. Um, yes, I've just, um, John asked um, me just to share a little bit about my experience in the cafe and I was just thinking about what I would share and I was thinking about three separate um, occasions or incidences where there's been opportunities just to connect with people. Um, so one opportunity um, was um, actually, it was through someone that I met at Little Angels. So. Not long after Nahum had been born, I met um, another mother at Little Angels. And um, once Little Angels stopped running, then we were able to come to the cafe a few times. And it was really just a place for us to be able to connect and to build um, 
a relationship really and just speak more and, and it's actually not very far from where she lives and I just found that it was an opportunity for meeting people and connecting with people and, and as well having the kids space I think it's something that for us we've all got used to seeing it's something that maybe we take for granted but I think particularly for me, I've realized coming into this new season of life, you're quite restricted sometimes in the places that you can, can go with um, little children. And that really appealed to this particular friend, you know, being able to come to a place that is child friendly, where you can have a cup of tea and sit down and have a chat as you're chasing the little ones. Um, and just a place to be. And, you know, she commented as well on, you know, how friendly everyone is, um, this particular friend that I'm, I'm thinking about. Um, so that was a really great opportunity just to connect with that mum. So I think about that and I think, yeah, it's been really fantastic in terms of connecting with, with, with people. Um, and the second one, which um, is like for me like a really big encouragement was when I was um, helping out a little bit in the church office for a short season um, I used to come into the cafe at different points and I would see a particular um, lady around with her daughter from time to time um, and bit by bit we would just start off saying hello to each other and then bit by bit we would um, talk a bit more and then I think once I just decided to join her for her um, cup of coffee probably intruded on her a little bit um, and we just kept seeing each other but it was never very deep conversations or anything it was just hi hi how you doing um, and then I'm I think actually once she actually turned up to church and she came in and um, with her daughter and um, she actually comes from a Christian background and she came in because of having come to fresh ground um, and it was like a bridge for her and she came in at that point um, and um, at that point we did sit a little bit round in the back room but it gave me again another opportunity to be able to connect with her and we've often met up here for cups of um, coffee and tea but what I found was that fresh ground was like um, a catalyst for the relationship to to grow and consequently she's been to my house a number of times I've been to her house I might visit her this week um, we've gone for walks in the park together and just um, I found that God created an opportunity as well not um, to, to be able to move deeper and um, because she understood as well that this you know fundamentally is a church and it's something that the church is doing to reach out in the community and it really provided an opportunity to be able to share um, about what God has done in my life and just to share different bits and to hear her story as well because people have their stories and to be able to hear from her and that was been really encouraging and and um, so that again has been a fantastic opportunity through Fresh Ground and through this um, relationship with this, this, this friendship that has been developing at points I started thinking can I go a bit further is there an opportunity to be able to maybe read the Bible with her, but it was always that fear of how do you go from point A to B? And um, it's a completely different story, but God gave a very direct challenge about just stepping out. And um, with a lot of fear and trepidation, God enabled me and I did. And I just asked a few um, different mum friends, and plus this, this friend that I'd met here at Fresh Ground, if she wanted to do like... Um, Bible study and she actually said yes and she's one of a group of women that we meet every um, along with Anna we meet like twice in a month and it's a very informal setting in in our home and um, you know and she's you know she might be reading the Bible in her own personal time you know I, I don't know but certainly you know she's came and through that had the opportunity to read the Bible and just share more about the Lord and so I just see that that all like in terms of the opportunity with that particular person came about because of Fresh Ground and her being here. Um, if, if Fresh Ground had not been running and I had been working in the church office in that period, I would have just been coming in and going out. But she was here and I was seeing her regularly with her daughter and um, she as well was meeting lots of other people like she's met, um, you know, Anna, Angela and, you know, and John and she was having those conversations. So I just think it's been a fantastic opportunity. Um, and then the last opportunity, which was like a, a blessing that I feel that 
my sister's friend received indirectly through Fresh Ground was when I was in Fresh Ground one day, I met um, a friend, a, a person who I'd never met called Tracy, and she has a ministry to do with young women and reaching out to young women and encouraging them. So I connected with Tracy, and Tracy rents our back hall um, for some of her events and um, she invited me to one so I thought oh I'll go along and I told my sister and my sister bought her friend and her friend is um, a single mother and she had a child at uni she's done incredibly well she finished uni with a first but you know she, she's worked incredibly hard but she came along to this event being really discouraged but we didn't know what the event was about and we got there and it was about encouraging single mums and I felt again like that happened, just that connection of meeting someone at fresh ground, casually, and forming a, a friendship, a relationship. And then as a result, my first sister's friend was encouraged and has connected with that group or got to hear a bit about what they do and heard stories that encouraged her in her situation. So for me, it's been really encouraging just that it's really like a meeting place and a place of opportunity um, that God can um, really give us great opportunities, really. So, yeah. Excellent. Um, well, we're running out of time, but I'm, so I'm just going to show a video of some customers speaking, then I'm going to invite Hannah to come and say something as well. Um, and what else have we got on the list? Um, I might have to... Yeah, I just want to... I also want to get Betty to say something. I'm going to give Angela a break, because she doesn't like talking publicly anyway. Um, and I might let, leave Tano off talking about the thing. Um, so you can talk to them individually afterwards, but... Can we play that video, Drew? So these are some customers. Uh, I love coming out here because it's easier with my little daughter. It's cheap activities and it's very welcoming, friendly, and amazing coffee. <laughs> Perfect, thank you. I come to Fresh Ground Eltham um, pretty much every half term, weekend if there's events on and even if there's not. It's a good place to catch up with our friends and we've been coming since my twins were a week old. And it's just, it's friendly, it's relaxed. Obviously I was nervous and I'd come here and if I was feeding, John would make sure I knew I didn't have to rush. He'd leave me where I was and tell me to let me know, let him know when I was finished. And it just meant I could come out with all three of my children. My eldest could have fun, enjoy the activities, which are good value. And I could relax and tend to my babies and not feel under pressure to move out of the way. And it's a lifesaver in the half term. Thank you. Yeah, the facilities are really good because the disabled um, toilet with the changing is really good. Um, it's actually really good to have a changing with the loo in there. It sounds silly, but like Marks and Spencer's and Eltham don't have that, and neither do the Eltham Centre. I go to those daily. So, um, yeah, it's really, really good facilities. And um, I, I walk here, so I walk. Uh, it's probably about 25 minutes, but it's a nice walk. And, um, yeah, we just really like it. Um, Hannah is fantastic with the kids. Uh, she's really enthusiastic. You can tell she was a primary school teacher, um, very professional. And they love the little crafts. Kids love the little crafts. And um, yeah, just the singing and the actions is really fantastic for the development. And um, they, she loves all the different toys as well, coming to a different environment because I, I'm with her full time. Coming to a different environment with the different toys, she absolutely loves it. It's perfect for us. So, yeah, we really love it. So, fresh ground and um, mini mushrooms get a thumbs up from, from us. Every week, um, Elliot, um, one of the little boys I look after, really loves coming. He loves to do the tambourine song with Hannah. Um, it's just a really lovely, friendly group, and we um, really enjoy coming. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> Hi, my name is Andrea. Uh, we come to Fresh Ground um, pretty much every week. Uh, we really enjoy it here. Ruben um, loves singing with Hannah. Um, the coffee is great. So, um, yeah, it's just great to meet new people and um, have just um, the kids to know each other and meet new people meet new kids and uh, build relationships um, and it's great for development. Um, yeah, so thanks so much Fresh Brown and um, Hannah for what you do here every week um, and see you next week. Yeah, thank you. My name is Gigi and I'm here with my student. Um, I'm a support staff and we come here weekly 
as Fresh Ground is given the lovely opportunity to work here in order to prepare him for his future. I've been asked to answer a few questions, so are you ready? Mm. You ready? Mm. So the first question is, how do you find Fresh Ground? Good. You find it good? And what are you gaining? Experience. <laughs> You're gaining experience from working here. When did you start Fresh Ground? Just November days, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So you started in November and he does Tuesdays and Wednesdays. What do you do? Night from Folks. What do you do? Night from Folks. Yep. Laundry. Yep. Night Kings. Cat Chaps. What do you do at the end? For toy. toys. Toys. So he starts with the knife and forks, he does the laundry, he stocks up the sugar, condiments and maybe napkins, and then he also does the toys. Um, do you enjoy working here? Yes. You do? And what is your favourite job? Experience. What's your favourite job? Job. Eleven. What did you tell me earlier? No. What was your favourite job? Knife and Forks. Knife and Forks. And who do you work with? Gigi and Hannah. Gigi and Hannah. Hannah is a mentor for Kayo yes. and I think she's a volunteer here as well. Um, what do we say? Goodbye. And thank you. Thank you. For, for listening. Good man. Thank you. Uh, I love coming out here because it's easier. So, obviously, KO at the end wasn't a customer, so he works here, as you heard, and Hannah's um, taken on the role as mentoring him. So, come on, Hannah, come and say a few things. And it's fantastic to see um, Hannah at work, because she's brilliant, ain't it? Um, if, you've, uh, if you've ever been and seen KO, he's, a, he's the gentle giant. He's very big, and he will always ask you your name and your surname. Um, and um, but he's a he's a fantastic guy, isn't he? So do you want to just say a little bit about how you found working with him and, or anything yeah. you want to say? Um, I was working on Fridays, but then I started working on Tuesdays. And um, Angela, there's Angela. Um, she asked me to um, mentor because I've got experience with autism because I've got autism myself. Um, to like um, mentor him and um, what I did was um, I mentored him like to build up his self-confidence for the um, work environment yeah. um, and um, um, at first it was like hard hard and it, it was like hard work at first but we, 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 we're getting there in the end it's like, yeah, because... <laughs> what's, um, what's been really good is that Hannah, Hannah is just... I mean, this is from my perspective, but Hannah knows Kayo really well and understands what, a lot of what Kayo, why Kayo is... It's how he's experienced certain things, which is really helpful, and it's been really good because it creates such a great environment for him. Um, and, but actually, also, the customers are great. Um, when I've been down here and just seen the customers, the customers know this is a place where people can come. And I think, um, and so just really, just to give Hannah a round of applause, because she does an amazing job. And uh, you want to say much? Um, and also, um, I go to the, um, if I didn't, if I didn't um, go to the um, Threads of Grace and the Songs of Sixties, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. So that gets me out of bed. So thank you for that. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, I do the. I volunteer sometimes on like in the half terms and that to do um, the pottery painting and other arts and crafts. So yeah, don't ask me, and uh, I do things. So. What I say, what I say, what she's done. Thank you, Hannah. What Hannah is just really good at talking to people. She just sits down and she just talks to people. And actually, that is just such a... And I'm just going to get Betty to say a few things. Well, Betty, um, because Betty also does things like craft. I'll come to you, Bet. Um, you, you can stand up, though. So um, even yesterday, you helped out a little bit, didn't you? I know we didn't have a lot of people come, but again, Betty's great. 
just for me, it's such a, um, a relief having someone who will look after all the craft, but also chatting to people. Do you want to just say a few bit of your experience? Um. Before I, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, I'm getting on a bit, and I thought my time had come to an end in doing anything, particularly in the church. So we need people. We need people. We need somebody like John that come up and tap you on the shoulder. So I'm so grateful. Um, just being able to help and to be able to talk to people because it's, it's where it all happens. It's not about who you are or what you, what you do, but actually it is who you are and it is what you do. So it is about speaking to people and sharing your heart with people. And I had some amazing opportunities to talk to some of the people. So I'm... So thrilled, I'm so thrilled that John got up and asked me, and I thank you all them years ago that Terry and Fran just loved me into this amazing work because we want to hide ourselves, hide ourselves in, you know, we don't want to be seen, we don't want to be heard, but God wants to use each one of us. So thank you. I'd like to thank Betty for loving my Jane into the kingdom. Amen. 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 So, well, um,